0: Republicans versus conservatives. We all agree the most important thing going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine.
1: And U.S. politician cover-ups of their crimes in countries like Ukraine. The American people do not support paying for constant U.S. involvement in foreign affairs while our own government fails our own country. Let me remind everyone here, we swore an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America and our borders. We should be paying attention to our country.
0: The
2: Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma technocrats and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile. Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made. It's an opportunity for us to rejoice and be glad in it. And these are the times to which God has decided we shall live. It describes in the book of Esther times such as these. And yesterday, we spoke about the pass-fail test that the Lord has given us, and man, it's a gift. It's tempting to say that this is less important because it's the temporal, you know, earthly portion of the battle, but to separate those two is, I think, a mistake. I believe that the problems in the United States, um, so many of them could be solved with, with some, some pretty simple moves. Uh, number one, a return to worshiping the Lord, uh, to turn our face back towards the Lord, uh, number two, a return to the constitutional structure from hence we came. That is limited government governance, different than bossing, limited governance based upon the knowledge that the people in government work for us to carry out what we can't do alone. What we need employees to carry out. That the Constitution is a solid document that means what it says. It's not mysterious language. It's not hard to understand. Only academics can conjure it into something so mysterious no one can understand it. That it exists solely to limit government. It does not exist to limit the freedoms of the American people. It is to limit government. It is, in fact, to uphold the freedoms of the American people. And to elect godly people who respect God-given rights. It is very difficult to have someone who's not godly who respects God-given rights. There are people who are not godly people who can respect the Constitution as a secular document. That is a true fact. And there's some of them who could be very, very good public servants. That's also a true fact. But all in all... We also, I think, need to have people who respect powers greater than themselves. Conservatives believe in small government, limited purposefully, hands tied purposely. Difficult to get things done by government purposely. Because we understand the bigger the government, the smaller the person. We do hope that God will rescue America. Next week, we're going to be giving away tickets to our event will god rescue america that is friday of next week uh it's may 20th in cedar park church you can still get tickets it's uh you go to the toddhermanshowcom com events the other way to win tickets is going to be announced when we talk with zach abraham next hour Okay, so it's going to be a social media thing. You can win tickets that way. We've got some listeners. We now have two listeners who've bought, bought uh, blocks of tickets. They can't make it. The one is way back east. The other just cannot make it. And our partners, like Allen's Artisan Soaps, have stood up and purchased some blocks of tickets for people. So the easiest way to make sure you can attend, of course, is to go to thetoddhermishow.com slash events, get your tickets. It's just around the corner. We can't wait to meet you. We do want God to rescue America and the people within America, but that is not a sure thing. Conservatives believe that an unlimited government will ultimately become evil. It can't help it because governments unlimited means that you can operate on human desire unlimited. Human desire will always chase human control. It will always chase human ends, and it will always turn effect- eventually to something that is outside the realm of godliness. For instance, pursuit of plunder. Um, our, our, look, our treasury is being plundered. I, I, it was, it was um, 15 years ago now. That as a United States congressman, tell me, oh, yeah, 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 they're raiding the treasury. He, he sat with me in his office. He was a congressman from Texas and sat with me in his office and said, oh, yeah, 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 they're, they're absolutely raiding the treasury. And conservatives understand that there's always going to come corruption, that we, we have a sin problem. Well, Christian conservatives understand that we have a sin problem conservatives understand that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Therefore we move away from royalty, which is in fact what Mitch McConnell is. Mitch is a minor King. Kevin McCarthy is a minor King. Nancy Pelosi is a minor. Well, let's not say queen because of course that would be gendering her. So she's a minor. They queen. That's how they act. That's how they think of themselves. That's how they that's how they portray themselves. And that's how they think of us, subjects. Conservatives will not be thought of as subjects. They will not, we will not subject ourselves to that. We not, we're not going to continue to play the game where we're afraid of government anymore. We're just going to stop. The attitude of fear is what has gotten, is not what has gotten, but it is so contributed to this that the government has done a great big, great big shell game twist on we need to fear them a republic where the where the government fears the people is a healthy republic a republic where the people fear the government is a not a healthy republic and b probably not a republic there's a change coming and and Mitch knows this and the shiny shoed republicans know this they know why they think of trump as a threat now let's 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 you and i not kid ourselves about President Trump. We will thank him forever. He he showed us what the deep state is. He forced the media to come out fully as against the American people. He forced the school unions to be what they are. He he delivered to us that, that if we will simply take it, the virtual head, and I underline virtual head of Tony Fauci on a platter, virtual head that is to put in prison The rampant corruption of the CDC, the FDA, the FBI, I'll say it again and time and again, and President Trump may well be our president again. They'll pull out every single stop to stop it, including as we've talked about this week, Mitch McConnell will gladly hang vaccine deaths, so-called vaccines, mRNA injection deaths around President Trump. He will gleefully do it because that'll free up his friends in pharma, After all, it won't be their fault. It will be the orange man. He will gladly participate in, in, he'll do it in a very scheming sense. he'll he'll let Nancy Pelosi hang Jan 6 around President Trump and this clown show that the dear, dear friend of Kevin McCarthy, Liz Cheney is helping to run. Conservatives understand that when you have kabuki courts, you no longer have a government. Conservatives understand that a January 6 commission without a Black Lives Matter Incorporated commission is government-sponsored picking of events. We understand the scope and the difference between what Black Lives Matter Incorporated has been allowed to do and what happened on January 6. We're clear-eyed about the role of government in both, one in allowing to happen, the other, in fact, in sponsoring it happening. So conservatives see this. We understand this. We also understand about President Trump that his tendency to refuse that he was ever wrong, but particularly about the injections, may well be the thing that hangs him up. They will hang that around his neck. We understand that the president is human like the rest of us, former President Trump, and that he is flawed. We understand all of this. What they see as the threat about President Trump is what many, many people said. And, and I, I hate to mention his name all the time. It sounds like I'm trying to continue to hang on to his coattails. Um, but Rosh Limbaugh spoke about, look, they're not going after Trump. They're going after you. You're in the way. All right? Trump's in the way. Mark Esper worked for the president. Mark Esper is aware of all the dynamics, but he's a shiny shoe Republican. He's aware of all the threats to the country, but he's a shiny, shoed Republican. He has to be aware of the open border threat, the fentanyl threat, the economic threat, the being energy dependent on countries that hate us threat. He has to be aware of this. He has to be aware of the weakening of our military as China strengthens theirs. He has to be aware that spending time as a military telling people that men are women and that white rage exists and white, uh, white privilege exists and purposely weakening the physical standards of military to joke show stuff i was just reading the physical standards to be in the army Uh, this is so pathetic and sad when when my rotator cuff heals i'll be able to qualify for the army i'm 54 years old i'm going to be able to qualify for the army easily in the physical test at 54 there's (laughs) there's 54 year old women in my gym who can qualify for the male standards So he has to understand that that weakening of our military puts us at a distinct risk. But where is Mark Esper's head and why? Well, one of the reasons why is that Mark Esper is, of course, writing a book. Do you think Donald Trump was a threat to democracy? I think that uh, given the events of January 6th, given how he has undermined the election results, he incited people to come to D.C., stirred them up that morning and failed to call them off. To me, that threatens our democracy. So, yes, I think the answer would be, What else can you conclude, Brett? Has Brett Baer, and I understand Brett's a good guy. Has he ever asked that of Mark Esper? Do you think Nancy Pelosi is a threat to the country? Do, do you think that Elon Omar is a threat to the country? Do you think that Cami Harris bailing out rioters is a threat to the country? Do you think Black Lives Matter Incorporated is a threat to the country? If not, why? Well, because there's a club. (laughs) There's a club. Club members don't do that to club members. Club members don't ask rude questions. A lot of my listeners say that Brett Bear is a very, very, very good guy. And I have no reason to doubt that, but I also understand the way clubs work. Media clubs, you can get yourself on the outside of a media club pretty quickly by asking the questions you're not to ask, particularly of people important to have on the program. Conservatives understand that clubs don't belong in government. We understand there is one club that is the American club. We understand that that's the rational way to govern. There's always going to be different ideas. There's always going to be different approaches to things. But when there's two separate clubs, the D.C. Club and the American People Club, that's perverse. That's the inverse of the way it's supposed to be. We get that. Mitch and Kevin and Nancy and Liz, they don't get that because they don't trust us. What do you think would happen if we went around the country and and picked, let's say, 535 good community leaders and sent them back to Congress. Good, godly, conservative community leaders and sent them to Congress. Do you think that they'd suddenly blow things up that it would just be so complicated for them? No, I think they'd probably go in and, are you kidding me? This bill is 10,000 pages long? I'm not signing this. No, this this is the way we do this. This is a budget bill. They're always this long. No, no, wait. No, I'm not signing that. I don't know what's in that. Get out of here with that. But it's but no, no buts. Conservatives understand there's, there's no such thing as a good law that's that's over a thousand pages. Over a hundred pages, over ten pages. It's impossible because brevity's the soul of clarity. Conservatives understand this, the side-by-side comparison of the primary job of the United States government, which is to protect life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness of the American people, primary duty, that includes protecting the American people, that includes a commander in chief of an army, a standing army, that was debatable. I mean, that was debated. Should we even have a standing army? Many of our founders said, no, no, no. That gives government way too much power. Do not let them have a standing army. They're going to turn around and use it against us. That's how deeply committed they were to small governance, many of them. A commander in chief of an army whose primary duty is to defend this country. The primary duty of everybody in the Congress and the Senate is to first care for this country. It's as elementary as an aircraft or an airplane. It's as elementary as the directions you get when you fly in an airplane. In the unlikely event that we sustain a loss in cabin pressure, a mask will drop from the ceiling in front of you. Pull down on the mask lightly, though the bag will not inflate. It is filling with air. Place the mask around your face. The elastic band goes around the ear, and then you'll be able to free breathe easily. If you're traveling with someone who's unable to put the mask on themselves, a child or an older adult, please secure your mask first before putting that on the other person. If you are a United States senator or congressman and we somehow experience a loss of national security and our national economy, an alert bell will drop from the ceiling and it will announce to you we're $300 trillion in real debt and we're now energy dependent on countries that hate us. Please pull down lightly on the cord secure the constitution on your desk and read it and understand that your primary duty is to protect the United States of America first, before you go around meddling in international affairs or helping other countries. Conservatives understand primary duty. We understand triage. We understand focus limited government. The reason it's so very, very important is because it communicates focus. A government that is able to do all things can't do anything. Well, well, or said another way, a government empowered to do anything it wants can hide corruption everywhere it wants. This is conservatism versus republicanism. What is the principle? Principles behind conservatism. I've named them. What are the principles behind republicanism? Republicaning. Whatever it takes. To have the R on top of elections. That's the principle. Same with the Democrat Party. They're private parties. They're private groups. You're not a stakeholder. You have no standing. They have so rolled this country that we pay for their elections. Those are their elections. We pay for them, but they run them. So you take a a simple comparison of a news item. You take the you, the, the war in Ukraine, and I want to be I want to be so clear on this. I I am absolutely open to. We have to be involved in stopping Russia. Totally open to that discussion totally open to the idea that Putin intends to take over all of Europe and own the energy resources and hang us up even further. He's got uh, countries hung up on his natural gas supply and that Putin is uniquely evil. And I'm, I'm happy to have that discussion with anybody, anytime. Right after, there's triage. Right after I see a modicum of concern for our country that gets anywhere near the bipartisan concern for Ukraine. It stinks to the highest of the skies. How quickly they can gain action on Ukraine with all sorts of money and, and, and bipartisan agreement and movement of simple, clean-lined bills into law. Any time there is an effort to do something big or even minor in this country, even minor. Like like, like, here's an example. You have a hurricane relief bill coming through Congress and you will have earmarks on this. You'll have abortion riders on hurricane relief bills. You'll have monies for organizing up for America and other leftist organizations in hurricane relief bills you'll have money for the National Institute of the Arts or was it NEA, oh, National Education Association? Yeah, National Institute for the Arts. You'll have Kennedy Center monies in hurricane relief bills. But when it comes to Ukraine, well, that's vital. It shows that when, when they, ha- when they, when their interests, which are somehow all Ukraine, when their interests are at risk, they can clear the deck, they can clear the field, and just get down to a one-topic bill, and they can do it. How quickly? Mitch McConnell is bragging about this. Mitch, we're watching. We see the shell game, man. It stinks. It's also distinctly ungodly if you want to talk about godly leadership. And we will talk about godly leadership.
0: Mm. Ooh.
2: When I get to speak about Good godly companies in comparison to the news cycle that we cover here. It really is a relief. I wish you could have seen the joy on the face of Alan from Alan's Artisan Soaps when he when when we were talking about his very favorite game um, that that is uh, it's, it's a video game. And like any kid, he's 11 years old. He's thrilled about his video game and his joy. It was a human joy. He wanted to share this with me. He's nonverbal, but he's not non-human. And he's 11 years old, deeply impacted by autism. Minecraft, I'm forgetting the name of the game. And he wanted to share with me his Minecraft world. We were on a Zoom call together. I just wanted to meet this guy because we work with his company. It's that human joy that also is present as I told him how much I love the soap that he makes Allen's artisan soaps. And that I told him that my favorite scent of soap is Cedarwood Jasmine And and his joy, as I said this. And I talked to him about how unique the scents are and how my wife Unlike me, my wife's very favorite is Lavender Rosemary. And Alan loved that because that scent was inspired by Alan's grandmother. The the, the point about this company is it is humanity on the right level. Small batch soaps, something we all need. This isn't a luxury. It's something we all need. Um, Made with three generations of knowledge behind this. All natural ingredients because Alan's skin can't handle otherwise. Same with his brother. They're both, both very sensitive to this stuff. The, the, the difference in this company is so profound that everything I just described could be done by computers or robots. And that's the way the party would like it or illegal immigrants. But no, it's, it's done by a young man who's also the chief soap officer. Now, look, that's, that's the great emotional story. The great fact of the matter is it's also fantastic soap. I'd ask you to try it. And it asks ask you to go try it with the subscription plan. You get 10% savings for the rest of your life on Allen's Artisan Soaps. It's allenssoaps.com Okay? Go to allensoapscom slash Todd. Allensoaps.com slash Todd, you will get the Herminator subscription plan. Your choice of six bars of soap, a soap rack, a soap pouch, and a fluff all at a ten percent savings. The only place you get ten percent savings is Soaps A-L-A-N-S, soaps.com slash top. So Mitch McConnell brags about how quickly he was able to get agreement on Ukraine. Good afternoon,
0: everyone. Um, I think we all agree the most important thing going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine. I had a chance to call the president last week and request that the Ukraine package move by itself And quickly. Uh, He uh, said let me think it over. He called back in about 15 minutes and agreed that we need to do this uh, Ukraine only and quickly. I think we're on the path to getting that done. Discussions are underway between the House and Senate appropriators on the crafting of the package. It needs to be clean of extraneous matters directly related to helping the Ukrainians Uh, win the war.
2: But we can't do that with our border. We can't do that with uh, hurricane relief. We can't do that with our supply chain issues. We can't do that with cleaning up the uh, school bosses and the perverse pornographic sex ed and the the unions that hate us. We can't do any of that. Not quickly, can't be clean. Everything has to be an omnibus bill. Everything needs to be 300,000 pages long. We need to wait right up to the last second. Then we can say, in the nation's capital, a race to avoid a government shutdown that looms if Republicans and Democrats are not able to come to an agreement on our budget. All of that dance for them. And I will be happy to have this conversation about Ukraine. I hate what's happening to human life there. I believe God Almighty hates what's happening to human life there. I'll be happy to have a conversation about, yes, 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 let's get involved in that. Right after you prioritize America. Right after you can come to an agreement that we cannot continue on this unsustainable spending path unless we want collapse of our economy. Maybe that's what we want. In fact, I know there are people who want that. We'll talk with Zach Abraham next hour about what's going on with finances. What are the big stories that he sees in our economy? We'll talk with him, Zach Abraham, next hour about just that. This is what a conservative understands, is big government gets themselves into these messes because they determine they can do so much, and then they stop doing their primary job. You can see this in Democrat-run cities. The, the the irony of Democrat-run cities, and I, I think of this. I honestly, you know what's funny is, is because we're going to go do this event in Seattle on May twentieth, um, this coming Friday. I forgot how bad traffic is. This is how this is how isolated I've become living in a town of like six hundred people. It's not like I don't like encounter traffic from time to time when I go into the big city. You can consider quarter <laughs> Lane the big city. I forgot. I was, I was going to go, you know, oh, I'll go over to my friend's house and I'll stay there. And I thought, wait a
0: minute.
2: I'm arriving during commute time. What, what am I thinking? I forgot my sea legs. But you look at Democrat run cities as big government. Here's here's the irony. They can't pay for bridges, guys. I'm not joking. One of the richest cities in the country that spends a billion dollars per year all in King County all in on homelessness. not just the programs, but where they have to pay for freeways that have been destroyed by homeless people or um, or homeless people stealing people's uh, natural gas or stealing from stores or, or causing um, uh, causing first responders to have to spend their entire lives, you know, out on on uh, on helping them a billion a year and they they can't pay for bridges there's a neighborhood <laughs> in seattle that's being told you might not be able to leave your neighborhood y- y- you're on a spit a little piece of land that's just right across from a canal but we can't build you a bridge anymore we don't have the money for bridges but we have money to give away needles we have money We we gave Black Lives Matter Incorporated a a firehouse, a fire station, an uncommissioned fire station. We gave it to them. But we can't build a bridge for you. And you look at that on a microcosmic Seattle, separate country of Seattle level, and wash this all the way up to Mitch McConnell. He can't fifty, he can't get a single topic bill on anything but Ukraine, on anything but war, and this shows up nowhere on the list of the top ten concerns of the American people. It doesn't even map. But for them, this is the, Mitch said it, it's the most important thing in the world. I think we all agree it's the most important thing in the world. No, Mitch, I beg to differ. We don't agree that it's the most important thing in the world. In fact, it's a symptom of the world that you guys have created and helped, and, and, and helped degenerate us into being you know, the, the actors we are in the world. On the other side of Mitch, as the show is Republicans versus conservatives, conservatives versus Republicans is Marjorie Taylor Greene. We'll get to Marjorie Taylor Greene and what she says. She's on the other side of this and they fear her the way they feared Trump. And they're going to point out anything about Marjorie Taylor Greene that is weird, or she says things that are not to be said. She's not a professional uh, politician, certainly not a professional Republican. I'm certain that Marjorie Taylor Greene has all sorts of crazy, weird things about her. And I'll take 15 Marjorie Taylor Greens for one Mitch McConnell every day of the week. Lindsey Graham has it in his head exactly what needs to happen. Because he's one of the smart guys. He's a professional Republican. And Lindsey's one of those guys that from time to time, Lindsey says things that really make sense. Then I hear this. Within our power, I'm not asking for troops on the ground, but to make sure that Ukraine can expel Russia and that Putin's a war criminal in the eyes of the world and that he's prosecuted. Putin must go. I
1: like Tom Friedman, but if you if you don't understand this. That if Putin's still standing
2: after all this, then the world's going to be a very dark place. China's going to get the wrong signal. And we'll have a mess on our hands in Europe for decades to come. So let's take out Putin by helping Ukraine. And he'll say that, but he won't say the same thing about the domestic terror groups that operate in our country. Putin, okay, name him an international terrorist. Do that. Give them that designation. We have operating inside this country groups that are committing acts of terror today. Going to pro life groups and saying if um, if Roe versus Wade's not safe, you're not safe. We burned your facility down this time. Next time we might burn you down. He won't. He, he won't broach the topic. We have cartels that have set up business on the West Coast, and I know I've said this before, and I worry sometimes. Do we really want to repeat this? But my good Lord in heaven. I'm sorry I do not believe the most important thing in the world is Ukraine when I can take you on a tour of any of the ruined west coast cities and point out the cartel workers. Go ride in the car with a cop, go ride in the car with a narcotics cop or a guy in one of the um, in one of the crash units for the gangs. They'll take you to the neighborhood. See that house right there? That house is a cartel house. That's a Honduran cartel. They run that house. Out of that house, they ship marijuana and fentanyl. That house is owned by a party in in Honduras. We can't get into that house because our prosecutor won't let us into that house. By the way, we are fairly certain that hiding in that house is a guy who tried to kill a cop. I'm not making any of that up. I am describing to you a conversation I had with a cop who knows the cartel members by name, and they know him. But yes, 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 Lindsay, the most important thing in the world is Ukraine. Side-by-side comparison of Republicans versus Democrats. We'll get to Marjorie Taylor Greene here in a second. I put a, in the link of the show notes some, it's a really good article 10 key Bible verses about leadership. And we'll get to some of that because, of course, the show tries to put God at the center, politics at the edges. Sometimes politics takes over. And that's my fault when that happens. So I guess um, if you wanted to, do a refinance um, you could go to one of the banksters and you could look at doing a re uh, a, 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 a refinance with them one of the banksters and they might get back to you in a couple of weeks and you just go fill out a form and then first thing that'll happen is their algorithm will scan that and they'll put that into a credit report, and then they'll come back with a, an answer a couple of weeks um, if you want to talk to about any unique circumstances that's not allowed. They might want to talk to you about the ESG score. You know, they might want to check your social media, see what you're up to there. And that would be one way to go. And they might save you some money once you get past the upfront fees. And, and they'll certainly make sure that the person who works with you when you eventually get through the algorithms gets a sweet commission. And they may not particularly care if the loan is good for you. Why would they? (laughs) I mean, these big mobbed up banksters, why would they care? That's one way to do it. Here's another way. Call our partners at American Financing. Just call them. It's pretty much the opposite of what I have just described. It's a family-owned national mortgage bank. You can go apply online, certainly, AmericanFinancing.net, and then a human being will read your application. And a human being will be there to talk about any unique circumstances you've had or have or unique incomes. Maybe both of you are in commission sales. Maybe you had a dip in your credit because of a medical situation or have one now. They they treat everybody as a human being. Because they're still family-owned, that doesn't mean that they're not great 20 years in business, A-plus at the Better Business Bureau, they make a commitment to getting things done as quickly as possible. Often refinances can get done in 10 days. Why? Because they're open nights and weekends. Why? Because they're family-owned. They work for you. Oh, then there's this part. There are no commissioned salespeople. So what's the payoff? Well, let's start with the risk. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'll explain the risk. Some of your time. That's it. They will give you a free mortgage review and they're saving people up to a thousand bucks per month. So the risk, well, you put it in an application, you talk to them, you get a free mortgage review. They'll tell you if they can improve your financial circumstance. If they can't, they'll be honest with you. Here's the phone number for the very best in this business, American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net. It's 866-887-887. 2275 call and get your free mortgage review from a national mortgage bank owned by a man and wife with employees there for 15 20 years it's 866-887-2275 866-887-2275 or visit americanfinancing.net animalist dot org. So Marjorie Taylor Greene sees things differently.
1: Thank you. I rise in opposition to the Ukrainian supplemental bill. $40 billion, but there's no baby formula for American mothers and babies. An unknown amount of money to the CIA in the Ukraine supplemental bill, but there's no formula for American babies and mothers. $54 million in COVID spending in Ukraine, but there's no formula for American babies and mothers. $900 million for nonprofits and organizations in Ukraine, but there's no formula for American babies and mothers. $8.7 billion for economic support and funding in Ukraine. But there's no formula for American mothers and babies. If this is about claiming that it's about saving lives, let's be real. Then we would care about war-torn countries like Ethiopia. So that's a bunch of hypocrisy because I never hear Ethiopia brought up here totally ignoring completely ignoring our own border crisis our own baby formula crisis and brutal inflation skyrocketing gas prices that no one can afford but 40 billion dollars for ukraine stop funding regime change and money laundering scams and u.s politician cover-ups of their crimes in countries like ukraine the american people do not support paying for constant U.S. involvement in foreign affairs while our own government fails our own country. Let me remind everyone here, we swore an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America and our borders. We should be paying attention to our country right now. I yield back. Thank you. It's
2: a great statement. And it speaks to, again, conservatives versus Republicans triage. What is the main thing that we must get done? What's most important to the world? Well, if you want to talk beyond below God, what's most important to the world? How about a healthy America? How about a healthy Republic? That's an actual democratic Republic. How about a place where people actually get to practice the freedoms that God gave them? How about a country that has taken in, um, that is 5% of the world's population has taken in 20% of its displaced peoples? What if the, you, you don't shoot holes in the lifeboats of the, United, of, of the world, which is the United States? How about that? Side-by-side comparison, there is no comparison to professional Republicaning and conservative values. There can't be because one has no values. Except for, get those R's in office, baby, because R's a beautiful letter. I, look, I can bag on Democrats all day long because they are more evil. The Republicans are more scheming. And this is from the beginning of time. Psalm 78, verse 72. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand from the ESV Bible. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So what kind of counselors? Providing what sort of guidance? Matthew chapter 20, verse 26-28. It shall not be among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give life as a, reason, uh, as a ransom for many. You go back. You go back to King David. Where'd he come from? He was a shepherd. Considered the lowliest of jobs. So he learned how to shepherd with literal sheep. And there's a reason that's repeated time and again in the Bible, this comparison of sheep. The lowliest, the servant who went amongst the sheep. There's a reason that this is so important because there is the humility. A great leader carries into him humility. And when that leader fails to have humility, like David did, he fails in the face of God. But Sam, having at your heart a humility means you recognize you have acted against God. You've been an abandoned, you've been, you've been in rebellion to God. And you take that and you take it to the Lord and you admit it. Is anyone that we're talking about here capable of this anymore? Is anyone in D.C. capable anymore of feeling shame or of needing God? Forget. Say it as a positive. Can you imagine what would change if there was a massive, massive commitment to redemptive prayer in D.C.? Can you imagine what would happen? if they truly had the scales taken from their eyes and you could truly show them, these are the fruits you've borne. These, this is what you have created and they could truly see it manifest in front of them. The negativity. Could they then manifest the shame? Could it then come to them? Oh my gosh, I've strayed this far from the Lord. One would hope that it could come to them in that realm, that realm of prayer. And of course God could do that, but the comparisons continue. This is two side-by-side videos of two celebrations that never should have happened. One is simple sounds of applause... (laughs) To hear the talking in the background. It's kind of immaterial. But that's the sound of an award being given. Yes. An award for finding out why Pelosi and McConnell and Bowser denied the pleas to have extra security on January 6th, and not to mention McConnell, that they reported the federal assets involved before and during January 6th posted the 14 hours 14,000 hours of surveillance video and how four Trump supporters died or why the New York Times lied a great award for writing all of those things that they did not write nor will they report the favorite newspaper of shiny-shoed republicans got an award the Washington Post congratulating themselves on getting the Pulitzer Prize for Public Service for their account of the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. The attack. Favorite newspaper of shiny-shoed Republicans. I know because I used to watch it arrive. They used to go early to the Republican National Committee and walk about and talk with people, and all of them had two things: MSNBC on in their office and the Washington Post in their hands. Such an important publication. That's one. Here's another. This is an oldie but a goodie. It's heartwarming. Now that we know it's in all likelihood true that the Pfizer injections reverse transcribes itself into our DNA, changing our DNA. Now that we see the 80% increase in all cause mortality amongst um, people of the millennial generation, now that we see the 40% across the board increase in all cause mortality, now that we're seeing unprecedented levels of women having, um, having their babies die and being born stillborn. Now that we see people now having all of a sudden young kids developing a weird form of hepatitis... Now that we see people who are double, triple, quadruple injected, far more likely to get COVID, now that we understand that COVID should have been gone about a year ago, should have been inert had we been allowed to get herd immunity, but we keep shooting people up with this absolute filthy garbage, here's a heartwarming video. And congratulating Dr. Albert Borla on the
0: Atlantic Council Distinguished Business Leadership Award.
2: they're hugging. He's the CEO of Pfizer. Such a beautiful scene. It's truly, truly beautiful. Everybody is impressed. Conservatives recognize the danger in unlimited power, whether it be in a so-called company's hands or a mobbed up entity like Pfizer that is far from a company they're more like a country and they're that mobbed up. And we recognize that. That's the big difference. But well, it's one of the big differences. Man, I'm getting a lot of emails about the show of the God giving us a pass or fail test. One of them from a good friend of the show who disagrees with me about hell. Hell. So we'll talk about that. We were at a friend of ours. Uh, we We were having a discussion with a friend of ours at their beautiful home, some friends of ours. And we were walking into their kitchen, and I overheard my friend say to my wife, I can see in your face that you are losing weight. And as men, I think we're kind of taught to tread carefully on comments like that. Um, But I I heard my wife's response. And then from the corner of my eye, I saw her giving Mark a hug. And look, there's all sorts of reasons that people want to drop from their bodies uh, unwanted fat. There's absolutely. And we can lie to each other all day long and say that there's not the optics, not the way we look. But that's a lie. Right? Maybe you like the way you look, and if you carry extra weight and you're comfortable with it, cool, be you. That's fine. Um, I would ask you to consider the health benefits. There's other people who want to drop unwanted fat from their bodies because they want to ride bikes. They want to swim. They don't want the health tax that unwanted fats or unnecessary fat in your body employs. For me, it was I wanted to be able to jump around and, and run and climb ropes and go out and tear my <laughs> rotator cuff. Although I would have done that heavy as well, would have eventually happened. So what is your why for this? Like if this is burning a hole in your, uh, in your head that you want to lose this unwanted fat, what is the why? That's the first thing I would tell the people at Soda Weight Loss. At SodaWeightLoss.com, the reason I say that is because the why will affect the how and the how quickly. And the why will also affect whether or not you will permanently keep that fat off. If the why is an enduring thing something that is valuable to you, such as your grandkids, such as your health, such as you know your parents died of heart disease or diabetes, you don't want that to happen, or you have some long-term thing like an Iron Man, or you just want to be able to get into a kayak or go water skiing at our age, right? Your why will determine that. I would share that with Soda Weight Loss. See, they treat everybody like an individual because everybody is an individual. Many of the people, if not most of them, have been through the Soda Weight Loss Program on their own. They're from healthcare providing, you know, healthcare providers by background. They've proven the model to me, to my wife. She's going on the eighth straight week of success. I know few things in life. One of the things the Lord has allowed me to know is what it's like to keep 150 pounds of unwanted fat off your body. It's sodaweightloss.com. Sodaweightloss.com. Oh, there's been a lot of responses to the show we did on the pass or fail test that the Lord has provided us. And it's a pretty easy test. And one such email, I don't know if this is directly related to that show, but one such email came from a good friend of the show. Uh, longtime listener, Curtis, wrote us. Hey, Brother Todd, you often speak about those going to eternal suffering in hell. I would ask you to consider a somewhat different point of view on the matter. What you say is indeed probably the most common view of the subject by most members of the churchianity, but is it really what Scripture teaches? And just quickly, Curtis, I would just take a side trip here. I get where you're coming from on the churchianity thing, and I'd ask you, my dear brother, why did Christ create a church? Why did he do that? Why was it then when Christ was crucified and three days later rose, when the Apostle Peter gave his first public sermon, uh, that 3,000 people were baptized and then instantly began acting like a church, meeting every day, taking communion nearly every day, 3,000 people joined the church. So, brother, I would ask you to pray about that back to your note. John 3.16 says, everyone who believes in him shall not perish. It doesn't say unbelievers will be endlessly tormented. They're the ones that perish. They go to destruction. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul teaches, we, in order to become Christians, must be clothed in immortality. Unless we're born again, you are a mere mortal. That is the default condition of humanity. Lots of people have not been clothed in humanity they die and they cease to exist their souls will not go on the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beasts and the false prophets are and they will be tormented day and night forever revelation twenty ten. to do anything endlessly you must live forever lost people the name is not found in the book of life do not do so the ones in endless suffering are listed above think about it god is loving beyond our comprehension He certainly would be just if he chose to, but does he even want to or need to torture those not chosen by him to satisfy something in him? I don't see it. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent him draws him. John 6, 4, 4. Everyone he desires to save gets saved, period. Does it even make sense that he would require endless torment for those incapable of turning to him? If you actually read this, thank you. I enjoy the podcast a lot. I really appreciate your efforts and your passion. Wish we could interact more easily. You get my wheels turning sometimes, and I wish I could talk back. Lots of scripture topics we could talk about for hours. Who knows? Maybe sometimes it can happen. Thanks again, brother. Now, go spend some time with the Lord. Curtis. Hey, Curtis, I appreciate the note very, very much. Um, A couple things before we talk scripture um, specifically. So, the Lord isn't the one who puts people in hell. That's their choice. And people who live apart from the Lord and they make the decision to live apart from the Lord, he is telling them, and I'll back this up with scripture here in a second. He's telling them, okay, all right, you want to continue to live forever apart from me? Wish you wouldn't, but okay. And certainly if God desires to save someone with the snap of a finger, he can do that. Look what he did with the apostle Paul just out of thin air i'm going to choose this guy his wisdom behind that well i think we can see what sort of person paul was and what that conversion and then ultimately him becoming a disciple and the disciple maker meant right so i think we can see that so certainly if the lord desires to do that he does that but he also turns to us to do it and it is a gift in my judgment that can be denied People can see God, they can see the miracles, they can turn from them. Because if you go back to the day of Pentecost, well, 3,000 or maybe even 5,000 people on that day were saved because they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, because they then turned and followed him, because they allowed the conversion to become a disciple making conversion, because they allowed it to change them, right? To change their behaviors. To the works come from faith, come from the conversion. That then they were saved on that day. There were plenty who weren't. right? And as the apostle Peter noted at the time <laughs> to people, you all saw him raise. You all know that he raised people from the dead. You either know someone who saw it or you yourself saw it. You saw the miracles. You, many of you saw him. Remember, because Jesus Christ appeared to 500 people at one time. Right? After he rose from the dead, five hundred people saw him. He addressed them. so, but many people knew of these things, but they still did not turn to him because God is a God of choice. So, brother, I wish I could agree with your assessment, but my reading of the Bible and study of theology leads me to a very, very different conclusion. I'll start in the old Testament, daniel twelve two. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. This would be the people who died prior to Christ Jesus, called out of death, some to everlasting life, or as it says here, to everlasting contempt. Matthew 25, 31 through 46, the sheep and the goats. or thirsty and give you something to drink when did we see you as a stranger or invite you in or needing clothes or to clothe you when did we see you sick or in prison or visit you and the king will reply truly I tell you whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me then he will say to those on his left depart from me you who are cursed into eternal fire the eternal prior fire prepared for the devil and his angels eternal fire he says For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you, hungry or thirsty or stranger, needing clothes or sick and we did not help you? And the Lord will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment. But the righteous to eternal life. There is the story. Uh, Luke 16, um, 19 through 31, the rich man and Lazarus. It speaks of the rich man being cast into eternal damnation, eternal suffering. There is Mark. We talk of this often because our kids are under assault by the party. We we speak of this often, but we don't often use the full quote. Mark 9, 42 through 50. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone hung around their necks and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, for it is better for you to enter life maimed maimed than with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. Better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell." And if your eyes cause you to stumble, pluck it out. Better for you to uh, enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes be thrown into hell. Where, and he quotes here the Psalms, where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but it loses if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Have salt amongst yourselves and peace with one another. And I'll wrap it up with something from Revelation, since you quoted Revelation. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day and night for those who worship the beast and its image or anyone who receives the mark of its name. So, Curtis, I, I love your brother. I disagree with your assessment of this entirely. I think that the case is easily made that there is a choice. The choice is ours. And this reminds me of a very amazing personal, well, it's sort of a mini personal note. I was on a plane from San Francisco and from Seattle to San Francisco. I think I've told this story before. And I sat next to an Orthodox priest. Turned out that he was an Orthodox uh, Russian priest from Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, They did not use tech. He gave himself one week a year to go into the world. Other than that, he was a Luddite. And so I sat next to him on this flight. I noticed his long robe, his long beard, and the necklaces. And goodness, I've never got to speak with a human being like this. So I took the opportunity. His name was Father Andrew. And he and I spoke for some time over dinner. And I shared with him that my father had recently died. And I told him the story of my father's death and how I met my father's soul. My father was, was in, e- eternally happy when I met his soul, twice, by the way, right after he died. And Father Andrew smiled and he said, that's a good death. I've been in many rooms where many people died and that's a really good death. And then he shared this with me, Curtis. He told me a story. He said, when I was a young priest, there was a man who was near to dying and he had been Catholic, and I asked him to take the last rites to let let me pray for him and intercede for him and forgive his or let let him confess his sins and be forgiven and enter the kingdom of heaven. And he refused. He said, "I'm unsavable." Well, the priest said that was not true. That the the forgiving Lord is anxious and righteous to forgive, but this man was so angry at God. I don't even want that forgiveness from this God. So he expressed this anger. I resent this God. And the man died. And the equipment was still hooked at them. He was flatlined. Dead. It was very sad. and, And the priest shared with me, Father Andrew, that he went to go comfort this man's wife. And then... An uh, hour later, that man's body woke up. He sat quickly up from bed and said, My soul, my soul. Oh, dear God, no, my soul. And was dead again. At no time did the medical equipment record any life. No heartbeat, no air. Nothing. And I said to Father Andrew, wow, that must have been really hard for you. He goes, yes, that man was my dad. That man was my dad. That's what he witnessed. And he told me of deaths that so very often people see angels or not. So, Curtis, I love you, brother. I look forward to meeting you someday. And I hope that's uh, a decent answer to your question. It's next week, the event in, um, in Seattle. I cannot wait to meet you all. If you're still waiting for tickets, it's the ToddHermanshow.com slash events. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be mindful. Our God is pro-choice and pro-responsibility.